This is Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. Join us as Pastor Robert teaches verse by verse through the book of Colossians. mean to be vigilant in our prayers it means watchful the idea of being alert being on your guard look at it this way one of the symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder is called hyper vigilance it means that the person has spent so much of life dealing with things that require them to be on their toes and on their guard that they can no longer let their guard down but now think about this in your prayer life he says be vigilant In today's text, Pastor Robert will be challenging us to be vigilant and to walk circumspectly in these end times. This is no time for Christians to be asleep. There are no more prophecies that need to be fulfilled in order for the Lord to come for His church. Don't be entangled with the affairs of this world. Be vigilant for God's kingdom. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert with today's message. There are no prayers that were intended to be prayed mindlessly. Do you understand where I'm going with that? The Book of Common Prayer. You got, how many of you are familiar with the Book of Common Prayer? It's used pretty extensively in, in like, you know, the, the Catholic Church, the Lutheran Church uses it, Episcopal, Anglican churches use it. You know, there's awesome book to read some of those prayers. Now, some of them are like, okay, whatever. But there are a lot of them. As you read the prayers, there's depth, there's substance, but not to memorize, but to consider. It's great to do a study of the scriptures and just look at the prayers. Look at the prayers that Paul prayed and just to consider, not to memorize them so that you can recite them because, hey, it worked for Paul. Maybe it'll work for me. The prayer of Jabez, you know, a few years ago, there was a big movement, you know, just memorize that and and pray that prayer, pray that prayer, pray that prayer, pray that. No, listen, if my kids started doing that to me, do you understand? No, I want communication with my child. I want interaction with my child. I want to know his heart. I I want her to know my heart. I want there to be that communion, that communication that's truly heart to heart. It's earnest. But secondly, he says that we should be vigilant in our prayers. Now, what does it mean to be vigilant in our prayers? It means watchful. The idea of being alert, being on your guard. Look at it this way. One of the symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder is called hypervigilance. It means that the person has spent so much of life dealing with things that require them to be on their toes and on their guard that they can no longer let their guard down. But now think about this. In your prayer life, he says, be vigilant. It almost seems like, you know, a, a paradox, you know, to be, because most of us, you know, we, we think almost of, of, you know, being quiet, being relaxed. And, and, and that's, yeah, that's a good thing. But spiritually vigilant, spiritually vigilant. 
on your toes, on your guard. Why? Well, because to be honest, we have an enemy who the Bible says, you know, he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he might devour. He, he, wants, to, he wants to mess us up. And even in our prayer lives sometimes, I, I, I think that's true. You know, there's, there's, a big, there's a big debate and discussion right now going on about contemplative prayer. There are those that are attacking Beth Moore because she teaches contemplative prayer. Listen to me. Let me, let me talk to you about contemplative prayer. The idea of, of getting quiet in the presence of your Father seeking Him with your whole heart, listening for for His voice to minister to you, that is a biblical concept. It's biblical. Don't throw it out just because Eastern mysticism, Hinduism, and and the the New Age religions take it, you know, from its proper context and want you to empty your mind and be open to what any demon of hell might want to speak into your life. Now, that's, that, no. Spirit guides who will come into that place of quietness and lead you. No, no. That's ungodly, obviously. That's from the pit of hell. But that's not what the Bible teaches. What the Bible teaches is that you're seeking your father. You know what Jesus said about those, a child who seeks his father, a child who who comes seeking his heavenly father, seeking the Holy Spirit? What Jesus said is, guys, think about it. I'm paraphrasing Jesus. You understand that, right? He, He said, guys, think about this. Which of you, you dads, if your child comes to you looking for a piece of bread, are you going to give him a rock? Of course not. Of course not. If he wants some fish, are you going to give him a scorpion or something? No, of course not. And he said, listen, he said, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your heavenly Father? And he, he takes it one step further, and, and he says to us, you can trust your Father in heaven. You can trust Him. If, if you come looking for the Holy Spirit, you're going to receive the Holy Spirit. It is what it is. Because your Father in heaven, your Father in heaven is capable of protecting you and keeping you safe and ministering to you. If you're seeking Him, then He's going to make sure that He is what you get. And so the idea, the, the biblical idea, the idea of, of coming in quietness and focus and just getting alone with the Lord and receiving from him, you know, meditating on his word, contemplating his return. My wife's in Knoxville, Tennessee, speaking at a church right now. Do you understand? I am contemplating her return. You and I should be contemplating his return. The Bible says he's coming back. It says, you know, every time we have communion together and we share in, in you know, the, the, the grape juice, you know, as we use, or, or the wine in some churches representing the blood of Jesus Christ and the, the bread, the, the little crackers that we break up and representing the broken body of Jesus Christ. But the Bible tells us that we are remembering his death until he comes. I think it's something we need to be contemplating. He's coming back. In prayer, we need to be, you know, focusing on that and thinking about it and processing it with him. The Bible encourages us to meditate on his beauty, to meditate and contemplate his works which are so incredible. These things are biblical and they're beneficial. It's not a mindlessness. No, it's not an emptying of oneself, but it it is getting quiet in his presence and being open to the possibility that, that that the creator still would speak to your heart. But how do you know? Well, you know what? One of the ways you know, what he says always is true and it always happens. It'll always line up with the scripture and it, one of the things that, that, that I've used as a gauge, when I think maybe the Lord's speaking to me about something, I hold it very open-handed. And I ask him, number one, for clarity. 
What exactly is it that he's saying? What exactly is it that I should be doing? What exactly is it? You know, clarity. But then second, confirmation. Clear confirmation. Yes, this is God. Absolutely, this is God. One of the, one of the earliest experiences that I had was driving down Collins Avenue. 1986, I'm driving down Collins Avenue. I'd only been here a year, kind of getting my feel for the, for the place. And, and the, uh, the Lord just really broke my heart. I see a couple of teenage prostitutes sitting on the steps at the Leanne Apartments at like 6th and, and between 6th and 7th and, and Collins Avenue. And as, as I was just kind of, you know, calling out to the Lord, the, the Lord spoke to me so clearly. And it was just a thought, it, but I knew it was God focusing my attention on South Beach for ministry. It was so clear. And it was, it was a phrase that stuck with me. South Beach is strategic. Now, I'd never heard anything about South Beach. I hadn't heard the phrase used. First time I heard the words South Beach, it was from God. Not audible. I wasn't hearing voices, okay? It was clear to me. I knew that I was hearing from the Lord. And you know what? What is it now? 28 years later? 27 years later? He's confirmed it over and over and over and over. And over again, 26 years later. My math's horrible, isn't it? Man, that's bad. 26 years. But he's confirmed it repeatedly. And, and I just, in those early years when I was waiting on that confirmation, I just kind of held it loosely. Lord, if you want me doing something else, show me. But until you show me something else, I'm going I'm to keep focusing on South Beach. I'm going to keep ministering to this city. I'm going to be here. And over and over, you know, not, I'm not talking about every day or even every week or every month. But every so often as I'm quiet in his presence, he speaks. Sometimes he uses the word, but sometimes he just speaks like that. I'm driving down the road. That was clear as a bell. There was no question in my mind, but that I was hearing from God. He confirmed it over and over and over. But, you know, there, there's, there's a need. Jesus said at one point, the Pharisees confronted him about fasting. Why don't your disciples fast? And he's like, why would they fast when the bridegroom is with them? He said, the time is coming when they will fast. Well, that, that's now. This is the time. He's no longer physically present, hanging out with us, right? And I believe there's a, there is a need to get quiet, to fast and pray, to get into his presence. And, and I believe as we do that, forcing, forcing our physical senses into the background by denying them, I believe he speaks. I believe we're able to hear him more clearly at times. Again, I'm not trying to get all weird and mystical on you, but the reality is we kind of have in our Western theology, our Western approach, we've kind of thrown out the baby with the bathwater. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are so excited. God has been doing some amazing things with Main Thing Radio. Opportunities to air Main Thing Radio are popping up all over the United States. We are so thankful to God for what He is doing. And we would love to see Main Thing Radio continue to expand, sharing the gospel, teaching God's Word all over the world. But of course, bringing you Main Thing Radio on this station comes at a cost. We purchase time on this radio station, and this program has been professionally produced. While we certainly don't want to pressure anyone into giving, we would like to ask you to prayerfully consider supporting Main Thing Radio. Your support will open up more doors for Main Thing Radio. To make a secure donation, please log on to MainThingRadio.com and click on the Donate button. Now here's Tracy with some more information about the Main Thing Radio podcast. Life these days moves fast. 
From one appointment to the next, most of us race through our days with blinding speed. Those in-between moments are great opportunities to connect with God. Subscribe to the Main Thing Radio podcast to enjoy messages like you heard today, anytime, anywhere. Simply log on to MainThingRadio.com and click on the podcast button. Join us next time for another edition of Main Thing Radio.